The Bible reading this morning is taken from Matthew, Matthew's Gospel, chapter 9, beginning at verse 35 to 38, and I'm reading from the NIV translation. Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to the disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Great. Um, wonderful. Well, it's great to be with you this morning, uh, church. And uh, we have begun, as Tony said earlier, a new series uh, just last week with Sam on multi-missional. Um, so different um, approaches, I guess, to mission, to our Christian mission. There's no doubt, is there, that mission is um, absolutely central to our faith, the mission of God, the mission of the kingdom, the good news of Jesus, um, and, and being missional with that, that is a, a central uh, element and aspect of, of the Christian faith. Absolutely. Um, but the point of this series and what we're sort of drawing out through this series is that mission is often uh, sort of much broader than uh, I think often we sort of think. Um, so we're looking at different, different uh, approaches to mission. Um, often quite broader than what we think. I know for me, um, growing up around, you know, um, very evangelical churches, I guess, I sort of received an impression that mission was basically just personal evangelism. So, you know, talking to people around me, friends or, you know, whoever the, the, the checkout person at Coles, you know, t- telling everybody about um, Jesus in that sort of personal way. And um, for much of my life as well, actually felt a sense of guilt that that was not something that I gel with very easily, that, that type of mission, personal evangelism. Um, and I would feel guilty about that. Some absolutely love this. I've got friends who love doing this, uh, and that's incredible. You know, you know, like just going up to people on the street I'm talking about and say, hey, can, you know, can I talk to you about Jesus? I know people who love that, um, and, you know, their personalities, I guess, lend, the, lend themselves towards that. Uh, for me, not so much. I wonder if you feel similar as well um, at times. I know for me, even uh, when I go, you know, to the shops, to the shopping center, and particularly around Christmas, this is a, a, a big thing that happens. And you know, the salespeople, sort of in the uh, in the shopping centers, not like in the shops, but sort of in the in the walkways and things, and they try and stop you. Oh, excuse me, ma'am. You know, you look like a friendly face. Like I'm not. <laughs> you know, keeping on walking. Um, not. Today, I'm not usually rude. Uh, not today, thank you. And keep on moving. But particularly around Christmas, there's a lot of those people around. Sometimes it's not even trying to sell you things. It's like you just sponsor a child or. Give to our charity or something and if we gave to everybody you know that would be hard um 
Yeah, and I actually sort of around that, I feel a bit anxious when I see those people. And I make a little plan in my head, how am I going to like divert around them? Or, you know, how am I going to do it? Makes me makes me feel a bit nervous. And I think, oh, good on those people for like being out there and, and sort of giving it a go because uh, we don't often stop and we don't often love these people. And I think I think that's sort of what I think of when I think of personal evangelism is um, sometimes even getting up in people's faces and making people feel uncomfortable, you know, at times. I think it can be like that. Um, and uh, so this series that we're looking at, I guess, is, is trying to bring those different dimensions, that, um, that mission, being on God's mission and being, and, um, being on, with Him in His mission, joining with Him in His mission, it's actually so broad and there's so many aspects. We really need to take into account our culture, these people, you know, around us and the people we want to be missional to. We need to take into account their needs and how they feel in order to be truly missional. Um, and so today, what we're looking at is, let's see if this works, here we go, um, is prayer. We're looking at mission from the, from the perspective of prayer. Um, John Dixon talks about prayer as being the hidden mission, something that is obviously happening inside of us or inside of our, our churches um, as the hidden mission is prayer. So Adrian read out our passage earlier from Matthew, the Gospel of Matthew chapter 9, and it's probably a very familiar passage to you. I think we've all heard of it. The harvest is plentiful, the workers are few. We hear that quoted a lot. Um, but actually, this short little passage, these four verses or so, they're, they're really rich little passage. Um, it sums up actually in many ways the whole Gospel of Matthew. It hinges on this little little passage in chapter 9, these four verses. Um, so up until now, up until this point in Matthew, we have seen Jesus teaching and preaching and healing and proclaiming the good news of the kingdom. But from this moment on, from this little passage onwards, we see Jesus inviting other people into that mission as well. So up until here, Jesus has been, you know, partaking in this mission, and now he invites his disciples and his followers into this mission with him. And that's what this passage is all about. It's this hinging moment in the Gospel of Matthew. So there's a couple of very key things in this passage that I want to sort of pull out today um, that I think that we can discover about mission. It's almost like a little bit of a, a recipe, a map, if you will, that Jesus gives us with these key elements of what it's going to mean to be on mission with Jesus, to partake in his mission with him, to join with him. So the first thing that we are given is the mission. The first thing we are given is the mission. There we go. Um, which is God's kingdom, the kingdom of God, God's reign, God's order being restored here in this broken world. This is the mission. Uh, this is the good news that things are being restored to God's order. This is the answer to suffering and to injustice and to inequality, uh, inequality and so on and so on and so on. Um, so the, the verse says, Jesus went through all of the towns and villages teaching in their synagogues proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. This is the mission. This is the mission of the kingdom. And this is the mission that we have been invited into as well. Teaching, preaching, healing, uh, proclaiming that the kingdom has come. And Jesus invites his followers into that also. The next part of the passage 
gives us the next element, the next key ingredient when it comes to joining with Jesus on his mission. And this is actually, we see this constantly, this theme throughout Matthew's gospel, when Jesus is talking about mission, when Jesus is on mission and proclaiming his kingdom, this, is, this always is coupled with it. And that is compassion. Compassion. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. So this word compassion in the original language, in the Greek, it's a very strong word that's used. Um, Let me try and pronounce it. Oh, uh, I've already forgotten. It's something like splach ismamai, or something like that anyway. You can look it up later. It's got a sound in it, I know that. And what it means, what it means is it's this word for compassion, and it literally means moved to the bowels moved to the bowels. So in the ancient world, the stomach area, the, this area, that was, that was where um, uh, love and compassion came from. That's where it sat in the body. So an Aussie translation of this, what, what we might say today, is that um, he, he, he was gutted. He was gutted. He was deeply moved by the plight of these people without a shepherd, those without God's Messiah. He was gutted. So Matthew always links Jesus' mission, this kingdom mission, with deep compassion. They always go together. We're constantly seeing Jesus having compassion on people, deep compassion. So the mission of God and compassion are inextricably linked. And here Jesus invites his followers, his disciples, uh, to join in this mission with him, which naturally means joining with him in his compassion his deep compassion for those without a shepherd. The Christian mission must involve deep compassion, must involve being gutted, moved to the bowels deeply by the plight of the people around us. And then finally, this next, the next element that we get in this mission um, through this passage uh, is prayer. He said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Ask the Lord of the harvest. Pray to the Lord of the harvest for more workers. There is so much work to be done. There are so many people who need our deep compassion, who need this message of God's kingdom, this good news of Jesus and his incredible grace. And therefore, we must pray. We must pray. Prayer is so, so important in the mission of God. Prayer reminds us, just as this passage says, that the harvest is not ours. The harvest isn't ours, it's God's. These are his people. This is his kingdom and his mission. And we have been invited into it, but it's not ours. It's his. God is the Lord of the harvest. And therefore, we must pray. We must ask him as the Lord of the harvest to send more workers. Uh, Jesus, in his whole instruction on prayer, in the Lord's prayer, uh, part of it, your kingdom come, your will be done. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Prayer is an essential element of our mission because Jesus has asked us to pray. Ask the Lord of the harvest. Prayer also increases compassion in us, um, which is, as we've heard, an essential element of God's mission. When we seek God's heart through prayer, so when we seek God's heart rather than our own agenda, 
then our heart aligns with his heart. And we see, we learn to see people through his eyes and compassion increases. Tim Keller talks about this, um, about prayer as something that brings new perspective. It gives us new perspective when we pray because it puts God back in the picture. We learn to see through God's eyes and from God's perspective. And we need God's perspective in this mission because the harvest is plentiful. This is a big mission and we need God's perspective um, as we join him in his mission. So therefore, we need to pray. We need to align our hearts to God's in order to see the mission as God sees it. And then, of course, we need to pray for more workers, pray for more people to be moved by more compassion for God's world, for people in our world who suffer and who are broken, for the evils that are committed against people, for those who are lost without hope. We need more compassion. We need to pray for more workers that God might send more uh, people into this harvest because there is a lot of work to do. There's a lot of work to do. I know even right here in Rivers, right now, our youth ministry. Uh, we have this amazing youth ministry. We've had for many, many years. And I've heard this verse actually quoted a lot by our leaders lately. The harvest is plentiful, but the work is a few. That, that's very much our reality um, here at Rivers at the moment because we have many, many kids. I don't know if you know, we have many kids around our community who come here to our youth group on a Friday night. Um, and many of these kids, are, they're not connected to church in any other way. Um, and they come from pretty difficult circumstances, these local kids. And they want to come and be here every week because this is a safe place and a fun place. And, and there's leaders who care about them here and they love being here. And yet our workers are few. Our workers are few and are really stretched. Um, and uh, so we've, we, we have, we've had to make cuts and cut back so our leaders can kind of keep going at the moment. We see so much potential for this ministry uh, and, and the huge difference that it could make in our community and yet we just, we just don't have the manpower at the moment. So would we pray, like would you pray for more compassion for our local kids in our local community, uh, that more people would be moved to join in God's mission through our youth ministry? And that's just one ministry in our church. And there are many others. I'm sure there's many stories here this morning of we need more, we need more people. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. So we have to pray to the Lord of the harvest for more workers. So we have our mission, God's kingdom, uh, which is inextricably linked to compassion, which is inextricably linked to prayer. We see this all through Matthew's gospel. The kingdom mission compassion and prayer, they all go hand in hand and they perpetuate each other. We pray more, we have more compassion. We have more compassion and we pray more. We have more, more prayer and more compassion and we have more mission. They are all linked to one another. This is what Jesus models for us and this is what Jesus teaches for us to do as well. We can't partake in God's mission without deep compassion for the broken people in our world. And we must constantly seek God's heart in order to be moved with this compassion. And we must pray for compassion to increase in more people, in our own hearts and the hearts of others so that more workers will join this mission. 
when we look uh, around our world, and I'm sure for you as well, as, you, as we look around our city, our suburbs, your workplace, your families, you know, we see brokenness everywhere, don't we? The news, we see brokenness everywhere. Um, and I think this is why we're talking about compassion this morning, and, and now that we have this thing called compassion fatigue, where there's just too much to be compassionate about, and we're constantly confronted with images and brokenness everywhere, and, and, and sometimes it, be, it can become just too much to handle. We become fatigued uh, with compassion. But then I think there's sort of a flip side as well, where there's some situations where it can be difficult to have compassion at all. It can be difficult. And I, I, I see this sort of happening with the church and with our culture um, as the gap between us widens, as the gap between church and, and Christianity, the way of Jesus and the way of the world, as that gap widens, it can become increasingly difficult to understand people. It become, can become increasingly difficult to understand some of these people, uh, why they live the way they do, you know, why they choose what they choose, why they behave the way they do, and it can become so difficult to have compassion on them because we just can't, we just don't understand because that gap is too wide. And sometimes, actually, it can even feel like some of these people are against us. They're against us. They're, they're against Christianity. They're against Christians. They're against the church and the way that we do things. And sometimes that's true. Sometimes that's true, that, pe that people are against us. But it can be difficult to have compassion on people like this, I think, sometimes. And sometimes we can have a tendency to become combative rather than compassionate with these people that we just don't quite understand. This is something certainly that I've noticed in our culture. Uh, rather than seeing, you know, sometimes rather than seeing people in need of compassion and in need of our kingdom message, sometimes we tend to see an enemy. We see people to be avoided, people to be even defeated. I think this is pretty far though from Jesus' words in this passage in Matthew when he saw the crowds, he had compassion. He was gutted for them because they were harassed and helpless like a sheep without a shepherd. When Jesus had compassion on people, it was because he knew them deeply. With their many failings and many blind spots and biases and issues and checkered pasts. And he saw all of this and he had compassion because he knew them deeply. He saw that they were lost and helpless and shepherdless. In order for us to have compassion on those around us, it's important that we know these people around us. An important aspect of our kingdom mission is to know and understand these people and the world that they exist in, the worldview that they subscribe to and the influences that affect them. And this takes effort in our world because of that gap. But we need to know and understand so that we can have compassion. Um, I think it's Brene Brown who talks about how it's, it's hard to hate something up close. The further away that something is, the, the, the more misunderstood it is, the easier it is, I guess, to avoid, to misunderstand. But when we see things up close, when we see the humanness, it's so much easier to have compassion, deep compassion like Jesus had. So we need to be really careful, I think, that we remain connected to people and culture around us in a way that means that we can remain compassionate rather than combative. We need to keep praying for our community and our nation. We need more compassion and more workers. So I thought it might be helpful this morning um, to look a little bit at our culture 
um, on, a, on some really broad brush strokes today um, in terms of our starting point when we're on mission in our world, in Australia today. So here's a few things um, that I thought might be helpful to look at. So we already know if you keep, if you kind of watch any census data and things, we know that church attendance and affiliation in Australia is in decline. People, kids aren't growing up in churches. People are moving away from churches. We know this. This is a fact. Um, so th- what that means is that we actually can't anymore assume people have any Christian knowledge. They have no knowledge or no understanding, really, of what we believe, or maybe they have misunderstanding, you know, of what we believe. Um, our culture is very post-Christian. In fact, I've heard it even said that we're actually now in post-post-Christian. That's how far we am- our culture moves away from an understanding of church and of Christianity. So that's one of our starting places with, with people in our world at the moment, in, in, our, in our Australia, in our culture. Um, a study done by um, Ipsos in 2017 found that 63% of Australians believe that religion does more harm than good. I found that very, um, yeah, ha- hard to receive. 63% of Australians believe religion does more harm than good. And whatever reason they think that this is one of our starting places with these people around us. And we know as well that there is a distrust, studies are showing that there is an increasing distrust um, of institutions and particularly of churches. In fact, Mark Sayers, um, he talks about when people are thinking about church, they're thinking that it's suspicious at best and evil at worst. These are some of the things that people are thinking in our culture and in our world. This is our starting place that there is at least a lack of trust there, this widening gap that we talked about between church and between culture, and it means that it's harder and harder to have compassion. So these statistics, these what I shared this morning, you know, it, it could make us feel defensive, even combative, you know, it could. Like we need to sort of defend ourselves and correct that thinking and all of those things. But I think what's really helpful and what's really important when we're coming from a place of compassion, is we need to understand. We need to understand that for many of these people, this is how they view the church. And they need our compassion. We need to understand how we got here. We need to rebuild trust. We need to understand why people feel this way. But most importantly, most importantly, we need prayer. We need prayer. This is why we can't succeed in our kingdom mission without prayer. In our own thinking, this can be so hard to understand. So we need to seek the God. We need to seek the heart of God for these people in order to have compassion. We need the God of the harvest to increase compassion for people and to send out more workers because this mission is really big. And we need the God of the harvest to send more more workers, more compassion. Prayer and compassion, there we go, prayer and compassion are vital elements of our mission, really the foundation of our mission. When we seek God's heart for people, compassion increases and we we start to meet people where they are at. Mission is much more than, uh, as we talked about at the start, sort of being pesky salespeople in, in people's faces it can sometimes make them uncomfortable. For some people, that's, that's, if that's your thing, then that's amazing. That's so good and we need that. But mission can be so much more than that as well. 
It can be understanding. It can be uh, people have been people who are full of compassion, people of prayer, who are present in people's lives, meeting them where they are and being bearers of the kingdom of God into their lives. So the application from today, I think it's quite simple, really. It's prayer. It's prayer to do exactly as Jesus has asked and to ask the Lord of the harvest. We need to ask the Lord of the harvest for God's kingdom to come on earth, just as he said, your kingdom come, your will be done. We need to pray that God's order would be restored on earth. We need to pray for more compassion in ourselves, in me, in you, that we would see people through God's eyes. And let's get to know our context. Let's get to know these people that we're mixing with and meeting with, these people in our community. Let's, let's get to know these people and learn to have compassion for them. Let's pray for more workers, for more compassion in more people, that more people would join our kingdom mission. And most importantly, let's pray for people. Let's pray for people, even the people who, who sort of bug us or drive us crazy at times or feel like they're against us and people that maybe we just don't quite understand, let's pray for them. That as we pray, compassion towards them might increase in our hearts as we bring the message of God's kingdom into our world as we are the bearers of God's message of his kingdom. Let's pray. Father God, we just come before you this morning and just acknowledge that you are the Lord of the harvest. This harvest is yours and this harvest is plentiful and there is so much work to do. As we consider um, the way that our nation is heading and the gap that is widening between um, church and, and, and the way of Jesus and the way of our culture, it can be overwhelming we can struggle to know what to do and how to respond. But Jesus, I pray that we might uh, follow, follow in your footsteps, follow you in your example of deep compassion, deep compassion, that we would try and learn and know and understand. But God, most of all, would you increase uh, a heart of, of prayer, a desire for prayer in us, that we would seek your heart, Father, in our own strength, and our own mind, this can be so overwhelming. It can be, it can be difficult. But God, we know that you strengthen us. We know that when we seek you in prayer, you give us your eyes and your perspective and your compassion. And God, that's what we need as we join you in this mission. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God, that you are the God of the harvest and that we join you. Would you increase compassion in us, Lord? Would we be known uh, as the church in Australia, as a people of compassion, of deep compassion? Would we be a people of, of prayer as well, I pray. Thank you, Lord, for who you are. Thank you for your grace for us.